Alrighty, as we come back to the conversation, um, since we're talking a little bit about how inspiration has left a lot of us creatives, let's talk about maybe places we could re-spark that, like reading. Yeah, so um, I, I've been kind of in a reading slump, so I haven't really been reading as much as I'd like to. And I've called it a slump for like five years now, but um, I think 2021 is the year I'm going to start powering through because I've already finished two poetry collections this year. We're only at, at the time of recording six days into the month. Um, I just finished reading Homebody by Rupi Kaur, which um, Rupi Kaur is excellent all the time. And I also just finished reading uh, Halsey's poetry collection. I think it's called If I Would Leave, I Would Leave Me If I Could. That's oh, yes. really good too. That was really fun to read. Um, I'm a big fan of Halsey's music. She uh, fuels my uh, writing uh, sessions uh, alongside Florence and the Machine. Those are the two uh, music artists I've been listening to the most. Uh, I don't mean to detract, but um, my friend sent me a writing playlist a couple years back and most of it was Florence and the Machine. And that's how I got introduced to them as a band. And um, that is when my work started feeling more like my own. So I think it's yeah. so cool that you mentioned them and that I get to shove that out. <laughs> yeah, I love them so much. Um, so that's what I've read recently. Right now I'm also reading a book. Uh, it's called like The Beginner's Guide to Alchemy or something. And it's more like spiritual stuff. So like I said, it kind of builds off of what I talked about earlier, doing that internal work. Um, and then uh, once I finished that, the book that I've been really excited to read is uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. And um, Amanda got it for me for Christmas. So uh, I've actually never heard of that one. I would, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Fantastic. I think it's a, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if it's historical fantasy, but uh, I think it's fantasy. The cover's gorgeous. Uh, all of E. Schwab's work is amazing. I'm a big fan of her as well. I read, I think, one or two of her books, um, but I had not heard of this one that you just mentioned. So that's super exciting. And I'll absolutely leave um, information in the description of today's episode, A, so I can refer and B, so you guys can. <laughs> Our, um, I know that Amanda has a book coming out. It's later yes. this month, right? Do you want to yes. talk a little bit about how exciting that is? Yeah, it's very exciting. She's got a, uh, it's the second book in her Believe in Your Own. Oh, wait, hold on. It's the You Are Your Own Fa Fairy Tale series. And the second book is called Shine Your Icy Crown. Um, we're actually doing an event, a uh, virtual event. She's got kind of like a, a virtual tour. I think there's four dates in it total. And you can get the dates on uh, her website, which is amandalovelace.com. Um, but on the 26th, which is release day, uh, I will be in conversation with her uh, through the An Unlikely Storybook store. And uh, at that event and one other event, I want to say it's the Strand event, um, you can buy copies of her book and then you'll get a signed book plate to go along with it. Oh, awesome. Very um, exciting. And I know that her books are especially um, special to you because is is it still or did I understand correctly that her being a poet kind of helped you lean into poetry? Um, kind of. So the way that kind of worked out was uh, it was a lot of a lot of like things falling into place at the exact same time. Okay. Um, I had started going to college for graphic design, but I, I hated it for some reason. I hated my art classes with a passion, which is funny because I thought that was my passion. Um, so like 
just a few weeks or a month or so into my semester, I swapped my major to creative writing, took my first creative writing class the next semester. Halfway through that class, we shifted from fiction to poetry. And that's when I really started falling in love with it. And then around okay. the same around the same time, Amanda started feeding me uh, modern poetry collections to read and told me she was writing one of her own. So I fell in love with it around the same time she started writing her own collection. It was her publishing her collection that inspired me to go ahead and try to publish one myself. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm glad I I clarified that before I said too much more about it. (laughs) But uh, it's really exciting to hear that even though reading sometimes seems hard or sometimes you are in these slumps, there's still always something to look forward to and there's always something to shout out. Um, And it's awesome to hear that music helps fuel your writing too, because I know so many people who write in silence, like complete and utter silence. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense to me. So to hear somebody (laughs) else who writes to music, it's like, hey, I'm not the weird one. (laughs) Right. I know a lot of people too, even if they do listen to music, like my wife, she listens to like instrumental stuff when she's writing. And I know people do that too. So they're not kind of like uh, uh, influenced too much by the lyrics, but like I, I've tried that, but I definitely need that, like the, the verbal aspect of it. Um, just cause like the way people use words is very inspiring to me too. I can absolutely understand that. And I am so glad to hear again, that like, I'm not the odd man out. <laughs> um, you mentioned Halsey and you mentioned uh, Florence and the Machine. Are there any other bands that you would typically listen to? Um. Taylor Swift over the past two years just because she dropped two uh, very poetic albums in Evermore and Folklore. I've been listening to those a lot. I've incorporated a couple of those songs into my writing playlists as well. And then like I I often go back and lean back onto like early to mid 2000s emo music. So like I just got into this band called Loud Dispute that was kind of big back in the early 2000s. And it's like, I don't know, I've always been a big emo kid at heart. So that music's also very inspiring because they also do some cool things with words and stuff. Okay, that's fantastic. And I think that it's always great to have things that resonate with you as a person, not necessarily what it is you think you're going to create. So I think it's really cool to hear that side of it as well. as we go to wrap up the podcast, is there anything that is near and dear to your heart right now that you'd like to shout out or any, um, yeah, anything? Um, no, I mean, I guess unless I can for take a second to just mention that, uh, as you mentioned, I had just republished my poetry collection, Shot Glass Confessional, under my new name, Parker Lee. Um, it's 99 cents on the Kindle or in 599 paperback. It's 50 or so shot glass size poems as I call them. So they're on the shorter side. It's meant to be a quick uh, empowering read. Um, like I said, just re-released it. It's I, I think about to be a year old next month. But like I said, because it's self-published, I thought it'd be cool to just uh, fix it up and slap my new name on it. But since other you than felt that, drawn to talk about that, can I ask a couple questions about that collection? Because like I said, it is yeah. truly one of my favorites um, of all poetry, yeah. not just of yours. Oh, um, and it's one that I find myself going back to quite often. Um, first of all, I want to say like, how did you come up with that idea of shot glass poems? Like if, if you <laughs> feel not, up to sharing. I just, I'm not really sure. I just, I think, 
I came up with the title before anything else. And that's kind of the trend when it comes to me and my writing uh, in terms of books. I usually have a title before I have anything else. And then the title kind of inspires the theme. So when I was writing it, I'm like, well, maybe if I keep them shorter and just refer to them as shot glass size poems, that would kind of like tie the title into the collection itself. So that was kind of, I guess, where that came from. It might've even come to me after I had written it without realizing it. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that I noticed in this collection that your other books touch on, but don't really do as well, at least in my opinion, is they get so well to the heart of the matter. And even though it's kind of vague, it still resonates so clearly and so much that like, I'll reread the poem before I can move on, or I'll just sit there like thinking, like, I can't move on. Um, was that just because of the way it was written or was that the intent or? I think part of it definitely goes to the to the fact that they are shorter poems so I feel like when you're writing a shorter poem it has to be impactful you have such a limited amount of space to make it resonate and to make it you know hit that that emotion that you wanted to so I think when writing a collection of shorter poems like that you definitely have to go for the jugular uh, as often as you can and then um, the other thing I wanted to ask is I know that it was released around Valentine's, maybe not right at, but around. Um, in fact, I got my copy on Valentine's, the physical paperback one, and I was so excited. <laughs> but was that intentional due to the, to the um, not necessarily the content, but like to the emotional experience of writing it? Or was it just kind of coincidental? It was a little of both, I think, because um, I had... I wanted to get it out as quickly as possible, but because it does touch on like, uh, there's poems in there that, ref that that go back to like relationship type stuff, heartbreak and kind of coming out of heartbreak and realizing your own worth. I thought it would be a good like self-love type of collection to come out around Valentine's Day when everybody's so into their feels and into the romantical stuff um, to have that book that it deals with that stuff, but it also deals with, you know, coming out of it and, 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 not necessarily needing to have another person in your life to realize your own worth. Okay. Um, I am so glad to hear that. And I, I still stand by it being one of my favorites. Um, I have both versions of the ebook and I have the original version of the paperback. Um, and it is definitely an investment worth, worth making if you are a fan of creativity and, and wanting to build off of that, but also to support Parker Lee and the name change, um, which hopefully I said in a kind enough, like or a, a no, simple no, enough No, you did for sure. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I am so excited that we had time to talk about that because we didn't last time because Coffee Days was like the big thing. And I get that. Right. It's, it's equally mm -hmm. as great. It's just I don't know. I just, I'm super attached to oh, shot glass. That, that means a lot to me because you, you never know how people are going to respond to your work when you put it out there. And I'm always worried with, with each one that comes out, like, are they going to like this one as much as the last? So to hear that it resonated with you means a lot to me. Thank you for that. Of course. And thank you for your time. And thank you for being on the podcast. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> thank you for having me. I love doing it. And uh, thank you guys for listening in and tuning in. I'll see you again tomorrow for another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast with another equally as awesome guest star. <laughs>